We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Prize Bank. Up next, the latest on the Missouri Tigers from KCSN, which features multiple shows each week with Border War with former Missouri forward Jarrett Sutton and former Jayhawks guard Jeff Hawkins. And Mizzou, that's who, with insider Gabe Diarma, Maggie Johnson, and Tucker Franklin. The latest news, the top stories, and an insider perspective to keep you in the know. Make sure to follow us on your new home for Missouri Tigers podcast, KCSN. And now, the latest on Mizzou Athletics. Hello and welcome into Mizzou That's Who, your podcast for Missouri Athletics here on Kansas City Sports Network. I am your host, Tucker Franklin, here with Gabe Diarman and Maggie Johnson. Quick shout out to Charlie Hustle. I wore a uh, wore the, the Leaping Tiger football shirt. Uh, Maggie got a Chief shirt on. Gabe, you got a Monarch shirt on. They've got a lot of good Monarchs collection there um, at Charlie Hustle. So whatever you like, go to charliehustle.com. You can get um, really anything. I got a Joe's Barbecue shirt if you're into the barbecue. If you love local Kansas City brands, you can go find stuff there too. I believe they have a Four Hands Brewing as well. I believe that's out of St. Louis. Um, so they've got all kinds of stuff across the state. So no matter where you are, the Shakespeare's Pizza shirt we talked about last week, um, go check it out. Go check out uh, charliehustle.com. We've got a lot to talk about in Mizzou Athletics. We had the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, possibly, uh, when it comes to that. And I knew once the result of the basketball game happened, I was already preparing myself for a loss in the bowl game because, listen, as Missouri fans <laughs> – we can't have we can't have it too good. They got to make sure that we we have it a little bit. Uh, we we get a little dose of reality sometimes. We're gonna start with the bowl game, the Gasparilla Bowl, twenty seven seventeen loss to Wake Forest, the uh, the Fighting Sam Hartman's. Um, <laughs> I don't know if we we want to talk a whole lot about this game. I think what I was ta- talking to you guys before we started was I think the biggest thing for me at least from this game is. What now for this team? I think that's the biggest thing. This is another year where they finished six and seven. Um, you have uh, Eli Drinkwitz going on his fourth year in Columbia. So you're, you're coming on of a kind of an impasse, right? He did sign a two-year extension, but you're coming to an impasse here with the recruitment and with facilities and people coming back, transfer portal, everything like that. Gabe, what are your thoughts from the bull game and just kind of the, the ramifications, the impact? I know bull games don't really matter as much as they used to, but moving forward. Did we not agree that Maggie would just talk about the bowl game and then I could talk about <laughs> basketball so everybody would like me? That's Was fair. that not the plan? Okay. Um, no, but I mean, they don't matter really in the grand scheme of things. We talked a lot about that, but. 
they matter to fans, and that's pretty yeah. obvious based on the reaction. Like your team plays, you want your team to win. And I, I mean, they told us all leading up to the game how much it mattered. So you don't, you know, I, I my favorite tradition of bowl season is is after every SEC team that loses, it's just like, well, the SEC is 0-0 in, game, in bowl games it cares about. You know, but then if the SEC team wins, they're automatically 1-0 or 2-0 right, or whatever. Right. Well, we just didn't care about that one. Um, I mean, it, it, like full disclosure, I didn't see very much of this game because I was in Kansas City at a family thing and Gerard Hamilton covered it for us. But I didn't need to see that game because I've seen that game six times. Yeah. Like the defense is pretty good until it's just so obvious that the offense isn't even competent enough to help them out that they just they can't do it anymore. So what happened in that game, um, you know, they held Wake Forest below all their season averages. Um, and Wake Forest is an awful defense. And Missouri still couldn't really do anything on offense. So 17 points is not going to win games against grown-up teams, you know. And Missouri does not have an offense that's capable of beating very many grown-up teams. They managed to do it a couple times. Well, I'll say, so for everybody out there, I did not make it down to Tampa, had my flights, had everything. Y'all know what happened. Weather was terrible. Flights got canceled. It is what it is. Watched the game um, and made it to Bragging Rights, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But so the coolest thing about the big bowl game was the Mike Leach shirt <laughs> that Drink was wearing. Yeah. Um, and he channeled his inner Mike Leach because uh, they threw 48 passes. I mean, they, they threw the dang ball. And that was super interesting to me in terms of we've ran the ball quite a bit and honestly running the ball was doing okay for us in the first half then I feel like we really didn't run the ball kind of at all I don't know if that was after Connor Wood got hurt I'm not really sure but dang penalties that is the story of this game I do not even know I'm sorry I don't have it in front of me um I don't know if you do Tucker the amount of penalties and yardage that we got for that but it just felt like that game lasted forever because of the amount of penalties. Yeah, I see your face. I know it's got to be bad. Nine for 85. Um, so that's not great. I know there was a couple ticky-tack roughing the passers, some unsportsmanlike penalties that go mm -hmm. on. Um, we talked about before. Uh, Mizzou, people outside of – so living in Kansas City, there's a lot of fans of other colleges, and I'm friends with the you know people with uh, – like Kansas fans usually. don't know why I'm friends with them. Uh, but <laughs> – they were chirping at me during the game when I was already frustrated about it. They're like, oh, look at all these penalties. This team's undisciplined. This falls on drink. Like, this is drink's fault. I was like, can we just, like, calm down for a second? <laughs> I was already worked up just because of, like, you know, how the game was going, and I didn't want them to say that my team was bad, but, like, <laughs> they weren't wrong. I mean, you got two guys fighting each other on the field. Uh, I know that that yeah, was I would say that was – but. That was not a big deal. That's I agree. That was a proportion. My boss asked me about it today. He was like, oh, I saw it on the news. And I'm like, okay, I'm pretty sure it was a misunderstanding that happened. Yeah. But everybody, you know, they don't care. The media wants to post it and they want to get the clicks and they want to talk smack about Mizzou. And it just is what it is. It shouldn't have happened. Um, but I do think that that was a misunderstanding between the two guys. So I, I just looked it up. How many teams in the country? There are 131 teams. How many would you guess were called for more penalties than Missouri this year? Oh, not very many at all. Can I guess? I I'm going to guess six. Three. Yeah. I mean, we talk that, about it every like, single week. Right. Every week yeah, we that talk was about one of the big things 
with Odom, right? That was a huge criticism of him. His teams are undisciplined. All these penalties that hasn't been fixed. Um, you know, and, and they were, I mean, they were at crippling times, even if you erase the Kentucky one that, you know, <laughs> might've been a penalty, might not have, but even if you take that one out, I mean, the Georgia game, my, you know, penalties and even in Arkansas, they had some brutal penalties. They had backup offensive linemen. They were just like collecting laundry in the bowl games. So. Did they, uh, yeah. they have uh, penalties per game on that? Can you work that out or? Yeah, I mean, everybody's played 12 or th- – so Eastern Michigan was called for two more penalties than Missouri. Um, Utah State has more penalties per game because they had 102 in only 12 games, so that's impressive. Wow. Um, but, yeah, they do have penalties per game in Missouri ranks. Oh, they moved way up. They're only 121st in that. Tied for 121st was 7.8 per game. Interesting. So we've got to be the, the most power five. Uh, Maryland, 7.8 per game, but they've only played 12 games. Tennessee, ironically, eight per game, uh, have also only played 12 games. Third most penalized team in America, Alabama. Wow. Fans will, their fans will tell so you, too. They see, they talk about enough, that on Twitter all the time. You know, they're good enough to overcome it. Missouri, right. less so. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think uh, on the defensive side of the ball, too, even just clearly missing pieces early on. Um, Lake Forest was getting whatever they wanted on the offensive side of the ball, especially running the ball. It, it was just a little disjointed uh, early on. I think they did figure it out kind of later on in the game. But then it got to the point where the offense couldn't stay on the field, so then the defense was having to be out there for long play stretches. Then they would have the they, they would finally get a stop. The offense would come out for a three and out. Brady Cook would throw long on a fourth down or something like that and overthrow it. It was just like – Stuff, stuff like that was happening, and then like the defense was just as they were all year, just put it at a disadvantage. This game was a microcosm of the season. It was just literally the, this was the same script over and over that we see from this Missouri Tigers team, and I think that's kind of what was so frustrating about it because we were thinking, oh, maybe uh, you know someone new try something out, you know, got new faces on the defensive front, maybe we could see a little bit more. We'll try something out new. <laughs> no, same thing, same thing. They tried a couple trick plays, and they were terrible. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think the the frustrating, like Drinkwood says, hey, Tavoris Jones is going to get a chance. He's going to play a lot more in this game. You guys know how many snaps he played? Two, three. One. Yeah. One snap. I remember and, it specifically because um, me and my friend are like, hey, that's Tavoris Jones. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to argue about the quarterback, whatever. He thinks Brady's his best quarterback. Fine. Uh, you know, it's cool with me. But you just, it, it's discouraging that, I think the biggest problem, we're talking about what's next, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know because we don't know if, if if any of these guys are good. Like, I don't know if Tavoris Jones is good. I don't know if Sam Horn's good. Right. I don't know if Max Weisner's good or, you know, and even like the receivers, everybody says they're good, but maybe. But, but when you don't have a line that can block or a quarterback that can get them the ball or a running game that can make other teams respect it, I don't really even know if it matters if the receivers actually are good, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and that's the, the, the problem to me. And I wrote this on, on Monday morning, all I wanted out of this year was a better idea of which way this, which way this is going to go. And like, look, it's good for my business. I know you guys would much prefer that Eli's win a nine, 10, 11 games. Like I, I don't root against him, but I would, I would feel better knowing 
oh, this guy doesn't know what he's doing now, then just having no idea because they just treaded water for three years. I mean, I don't know that anybody can argue. I mean, his best year, I think inarguably, was year one where he had almost none of his players, had to deal with COVID, didn't have spring practice, all those things. And he went had no non-conference games and he went five and five. And everyone, including myself, said, That's pretty impressive. Yeah. They've gotten worse since then. I mean, their last two years are worse than year one, right? We've talked a little bit about like recruiting rankings and stuff like that, like on and off off the podcast. Here's my question. Do you think that he's a good recruiter at like the specialty positions, but he can't do the trenches? Because I think that's why we've gotten worse. I don't think, I mean, obviously our defensive line wasn't, was pretty good. Um, obviously we're probably going to put a couple of guys uh, into the draft, but I mean, his offensive line is the main reason I feel like we're pretty bad. But, but what doesn't make sense to me is if you're a good recruiter, you're a good recruiter. Like why can you recruit a safety or a wide receiver, but you can't recruit enough. Like, I don't think it goes by position and God, I'm going to get in so much trouble. I shouldn't say this, but like, (laughs) The the cons- I have fought for years with people like recruiting rankings matter, right? They, they yeah. on a big scale that now one kid being a two star or a five star doesn't matter, but overall as a big picture thing, they do generally matter. They're a pretty decent guideline. They are not gospel. I mean, we saw Gary Pinkle take kids that and classes that rivals said weren't very good and make them really good, so you can outperform. I also saw Butch Jones fail despite bringing in top 15 class after top 15 class. So it can go the, I mean, to every rule, there's an exception. And look, I've got to be clear that we don't know this yet. Like, I'm not saying this is the case. But the, the worry is, what if, what if this is Butch Jones, where like he's getting guys that, that look like they're really good players or that rival says are really good players but they either the evaluations off or the developments off. Like that's the, that's the part that worries you. And again, I'm not saying that's the case. I hope he wins 14 games next year, you know, and I hope every one of these five stars and four stars plays like a four and five star. And overall, you'd rather have a guy who recruits top 20 classes than a guy who recruits classes in the forties. This is not like a bring Barry Odom back, anything like that. It's just, you have to acknowledge that we don't really know right now. I think that's fair. You look at the recruiting ranking right now, it's a 32 uh, that after early signing day. Um, National signing day is like in, is it in February, right? Or like yeah. The, the it, big one? Well, the big one is, the big one already happened. Like eighty. Okay, that one's now early the, signing day. That's okay. now the big one. Yeah. Okay. I knew that there was another signing day that happens yeah. later. Um so they could add a couple guys. I know that they're probably going to hit the portal hard. You have to hit the portal hard now in, in mm-hmm. college football. And if they don't completely revamp their offensive line, uh, then we're going to have a problem. But let's, I mean, they brought in a couple transfer offensive linemen that didn't really pan out all that well. Connor, Connor Wood wasn't, you know, he was, he started a lot, but he wasn't like a world beating uh, right guard. So, I mean, the, like, you, yeah. it's, it's tough. I mean, EJ, EJ and Doma Ogar took a year and a half to get on the field and actually then looked pretty good when he did, but then then got hurt, you know, which again goes back to another concern of like, okay, that kid looked a lot better than the guys that have been playing the first 
six games of the year or whatever, right? Like, where was the disconnect here not playing him sooner? Well, Polger got hurt, right? He couldn't. Yeah. Or well, not hurt. Ineligible. Um, he, ineligible. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that was a kind of a I, killer, too, when you rely on something like that. But who knows if he was good? I don't know. We don't right, know. right. I mean, there's a post on our board that says, how many offensive linemen does Missouri need to bring in to fix this line? I mean, kind of. But, Three? like, I, I think Armand Mimbo is going to be good, right? I think he's right. a, a think good so. player. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I guess the hope is, you know, like, I think it's unfair to expect Logan Riker to play next year uh, on the offensive line. It just doesn't usually happen, but you hope one of the other guys that signed in Mimbo's class is, is ready to be a contributor next year. So that's a new guy like Xavier Delgado, Javon Foster. Those are guys that, yeah, you can start them. You can be fine. I think to be good, you need better than that, but you could start them. So I, I guess, and you know, EJ's healthy, but I, I just feel like they need more guy. I feel like they need to at least bring in two guys that are upgrades, not just bodies, but like you look at them and go, it's going to be surprising if they aren't starting. They need well, to do of, what the Chiefs did two years ago. It's right. kind of disappointing because Javon Foster was, I mean, we kind of thought he might not even be back this year. Like he was supposed right. to be so good. So that's a little alarming to me. He's a, he's a preseason tackle from PFF or a preseason top 10 tackle from PFF is what they named him. Yeah. Um, and I know they love him. I, I just have a hard time thinking anybody on Missouri's offensive line had a very good year. I mean, no. 28 pressures in the bowl game when that's the case, Unless all 28 of them came from the other four spots, you know, somebody, nobody's playing particularly well. I, I wanted to, I don't know if I have the ability to look this up, but I, wa- I wonder what Missouri's average time per drop back was um, because it couldn't have been very long. Um, it had to be close to like two and a half seconds. Like, listen, I know you don't want like, you can't live and let four and a half seconds. It's unrealistic. Right. Uh, but like, Two is pretty quick. Two and a half, pretty quick uh, to kind of make a decision, especially if you want to air it out deep and hit some of these these guys on on these deep routes. So, no wonder Brady Cook was overthrowing guys because he had guys barreling down on him, and he just kind of had to guess at that point um, where these where these guys were going to be at. But um, yeah. So so if I tell you guys, you can have three new starters on the offensive line out of the portal, or you can have a new starting quarterback, but you can't have both. I would, take oh, I, off- I would take offensive line. Yeah. Easily. I, I don't even I don't even think I would like question. I don't that. think it's a question. I no, mean, there no. are people my point is there are people who have made up their mind. Well, if Brady Cook starts next year, we're trash and I'm not going to games and I'm gonna find a new team. I mean, look, he won six games this year and easily could have won more. I don't think he's going mm-hmm. to be an all SEC quarterback, but this idea that like he's not a power five quarterback. No, he legitimately is, and he wasn't the worst one in the SEC. Right. No, he absolutely wasn't the worst one in the SEC. He had a better I mean, season until than three weeks ago, he was better than Spencer Rattler. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. I don't think that Brady Cook is the problem. I I, I mean, I, I he's part of it. I, I don't right. I think there's a lot of th- that might be what's so frustrating is there's a lot of things that are the problem of this offense. And you can't pinpoint one thing. I think that's probably yeah. what's frustrating. But um, I think if you give him time and you give an offense that you know he can run in, w- once you saw him run the ball more, it seemed like Missouri's offense had life to it. It was like, oh, there's a there's a spark here. If you can allow him to run the ball a little bit more, maybe some QB design runs just to keep the defense on their toes, stuff like that. But but if you allow him to have more protection and to have more time to increase that decision making, I, I mean every quarterback's going to be a lot better, and they have a better offensive line and a better path, uh, you know, better pocket. So I mean, I, I'm not totally out on Brady Cook. Uh, do I think that Mizzou will add a quarterback in the portal? I think they're going to try. I don't think they're not going to try because I think they want to have the competition. Um, that's at least how Drinkwitz is going to portray it um, to not give. You know, that's what he did last year, right? Well, we brought in Jack Abraham for competition, <laughs> which he saw the field and threw three interceptions in four attempts or something like that. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think that they're probably going to add a guy in the transfer portal, but I don't think people should jump to conclusions. I think this is probably this is probably going to be Brady Cook's team until further notice, right? I, I think it's probably how it's going to work out. I think I don't agree. Okay. I think Sam Horn's your starting quarterback next year. Hey, At some point, you got to find out. At I some point, so. you got to find out. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't think Sam came to sit for two years. Um, like, I think we kind of know what Brady is. And 
again, he is a power five quarterback. You know, he's fine. He, he got him to a bowl game uh, and he deserves some credit for that. Um, but like, you got to commit to finding out about the future here uh, at yeah. some point, right? You can't just, and, and I think a lot of it comes down to what does Eli think about his situation next year? Because my opinion is Eli's coaching first job next year. I don't know if that's true. Uh, maybe so. he knows, hey, they just gave me a big extension. I got a couple years, so I can toss this kid out there. And if he struggles, I can go through some growing pains with him. And it'll be okay, because I think he'll be better in 2024 for it. And I know I'm going to be the coach in 2024. Now, I don't know if he knows that or not. Um, but coaches are risk-averse in general. I think Eli, for the 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 bravado and all that, I think he's actually more risk-averse than a lot of them. They played the third fewest snaps of any team for true freshmen in the SEC. Um, you know, he keeps defaulting to Cody Schrader and the guys who lower upside. But so I think he's risk averse. So I just don't know if he's going to go. I don't know what I got in Sam Horn, but let's go. Let's let's take a shot at it. But I, that's I think that's the right move for this program next year. Personally. I think with the transfer portal, you have to play for your life every year. And like, especially now that it's gone, because he could start Sam Horn next year and he could be okay. What's keeping Sam Horn? I mean, obviously he's playing baseball at Mizzou and he could probably do that somewhere else too, depending on how good he is. Yeah. But yeah. And that, but that's not saying that they can't, he can't go and get it somewhere else. Right. Right. He could go get money somewhere else. I just feel like there's no guarantees now and you can't just sit on your hands. Like you got to play him. Well, and I think the bigger problem, it's like Tucker said, we all want it to be one thing. We want to look at our team and say, well, if we just fix this, it, it's all good. All right. We're going to win nine games. But, like, the better question on this Missouri offense is not what do you need to fix, it's what do you not need to fix? <laughs> I mean, quarterback needs to be better. Running back needs to be better. Offensive line needs to be way better. Tight end needs to exist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, there is no part of that offense that was good enough this year. Right. I don't. I don't disagree with teams. You. Not great, too. No special teams aren't very good either. Yeah, it was not good. I don't disagree with you either, Gabe. I I think that that should be the move. What I'm just saying is, I think that's what's going to happen. Like, I just think it's just going to be yeah. pretty cooked because, just as you mentioned, the risk of versus. Am I making this up where Drinkwood said that he was going to be really aggressive this season? And he felt like he said no, that in the first season. He okay. said that. I, I've went and tried to look for it one time and I like couldn't find it. And I was like, wow, am I dreaming? Is that a fever dream? Because like said he needed to be aggressive and let him throw the ball around and go deep more. And then I think after about a game and a half, he figured out, yo, we can't do that. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, I don't got the guys to do that. <laughs> he also said he wasn't going to run his mouth as much, but <laughs> he did that yeah. too. <laughs> well, uh, that, that's laid plans. <laughs> Let's, I, if, unless you guys have anything else about Missouri football, I think we could talk in circles all day about this offense and what's going what's going on. Uh, let's move to the basketball. Let's move to the hardwood. Are they back? Is Missouri basketball back? <laughs> because they had a dominant win over an Illinois team that was ranked an uninspired Illinois team, if I will say. Uh, they were fighting with each other. Did, things didn't look good. You had old Coach Underwood yelling at them in the press conferences two weeks ago before that game. Things look not good in, in old uh, Champaign, Illinois. Um, but 
uh, thoughts on that game, Gabe, just off off top initial thoughts. I mean, well, first of all, Brad Underwood has the best angry face in college basketball. <laughs> there was one play. It was the play where Kobe cut down the lane from the free throw line, was wide open for a dunk. I mean, literally five mm-hmm. Illinois guys just watched him. And Brad Underwood calls timeout, and I swear to God, for about six seconds, he just stared at number 20 on his team. Just, I mean, he looked <laughs> as angry as I've ever seen anybody look. Um, he doesn't appear to like his team. His team doesn't appear to like each other. I was disappointed we didn't get a fight. I thought we were going to get mm-hmm. a fight. Whether that was between Missouri and Illinois or Illinois and Illinois, I wasn't sure, but thought we were going to get a fight. Um, yeah. No, but I spent most of the second half just like looking at the guys next to me and laughing. Like, I, this is, I, I tweeted late in the first half when Demoy Hodge banked in a three. I said, like, I don't want to say for sure, guys, but sometimes you just kind of see something that says this is your night, right? Mm-hmm. And then, I, I mean, we had about a 45-second span. I think Illinois had cut it to, like, 21. And you get a, you get a, a Hodge three, and then the next time down you get a Golston three, and then the next time down you get a Kobe four. And it's just <laughs> like they could blindfold themselves and the ball's going in tonight. And they're – they're not that good, right? Like <laughs> what I wrote was they're not a top 15 team in America every night, but that showed us they're capable of being a top 15 team in America on the right. right. Night. And that's all it really takes. Be mm-hmm. a top 15 on enough right nights and you don't have to actually be a top 15 team. Um, That was probably the funnest basketball game I've been to. In... It's pretty good. I mean, I couldn't even tell you. Um, Not obviously it wasn't very competitive but I was like you Gabe I was laughing half the time like every five seconds I'm standing up so they sold the tickets on Ticketmaster which is where I got my tickets and they only sold like half the arena which was really weird I couldn't figure out why so there were Illinois people all over our section because they could only buy in our section um which is usually not like that you know it's usually like split down the middle and those poor Illinois fans that were in our section, because I mean, they were, they were everywhere and they're just sitting there on their phone. They were me at the Kansas game, me just like sitting on yeah. my phone, like <laughs> angry the whole time. Like it, it was reversed. And like you said, nothing went wrong. I, the yeah. ball just went in I mean, every single time. Like, like I distinctly remember at one point, Dre Golston takes a three, like a, a 23-footer, like seven seconds into the shot clock with a 22-point lead. And as he went up, I said, oh, that's an awful shot. He made it because, of course, he made it. Because, yeah. you know, I mean, it doesn't change the fact it was an awful shot, but it went in. Yeah, there, he's not going to make that shot every night, but he was making it. So, I'm like, I yeah. guess you can take it. But, I mean, yeah, Kobe had 31 points. And it's not even just – it's like how he got 31 points. Like 10 for 15. Uh Three for four from three point. He had five rebounds, eight assists. Like he played the best game that he could have possibly asked to play on the right. It night was the most was points there. a Missouri player has ever scored against Illinois. After, huh. like, I promise, he heard after the KU game, like, why does he never show up in big games? Yeah, like, and it wasn't unfair to ask it after the KU game. Mm-hmm. But he answered it. Yeah. I'm looking at the uh, the AP poll uh, because Illinois dropped all the way out. They <laughs> dropped out 
Uh, they received some votes, 65 votes. Missouri received 57 can just, votes. Can we just do the disclaimer, disclaimer saying this doesn't matter in college basketball on December 28th or whatever it is? doesn't matter at yeah. all. Um, yeah. glad, glad we put that out there. But Missouri received 57 <laughs> votes. Kind of a big deal. When was the last time Missouri was ranked? I probably should have looked that up before the podcast started, but that was just a thought that I had. With, like, Drew yeah, I mean, Smith. And they yeah. were ranked after they beat Alabama. Oh, oh last year they were? Two years ago. Or two years two ago. Years. Yeah, two years yeah. ago, January. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they lost, like, nine out of 11 or something in the year. But they were ranked. <laughs> Maybe even top 10. I want to feel. I want to say like they went to number nine in the country or something. I do think that I do vaguely remember them being a top ten team at one point and being like, "Hey, maybe we got something here." And then then the wheels just completely flying off the wagon. Um, my funniest, my my funniest thing about this, and I tweeted about it earlier today, was that back uh, during football season when you know Kansas played a cupcake schedule, like leading up to their first five wins, is like West Virginia, and they were like giving up like fifty points and stuff like that. You know, they get to five and zero. And the nation is ready to, like, call them America's team, uh, gave them college game day, put up, threw them in the teens and rankings. And it's like the situation is, like, reversed because, obviously, they were one of the worst football teams in the country for years. We were definitely one of the worst Power 5 basketball teams in the country last year. But everybody will just be like, no, 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 bad schedule. Bad, terrible schedule. You can't put a, Even if we just smacked Illinois. But it's just funny to me. It's just like a. I mean, you hope that you hope that it doesn't continue to follow Kansas football because they ended up six and six. Like, yeah. Kansas football shouldn't have been ranked. They should have paid more attention to that schedule, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. Like, I think yeah. it's. I, I don't think it's unfair that Missouri's not ranked right now. I think it's okay. They've got one and a half good wins and the best team they played blew them out of the gym by half. They went on Wednesday. They're going to be ranked going to Arkansas. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. Yep. That's a big game. Um, In a game that Missouri basketball will be playing, Kansas football will be playing without any water. Um, So (laughs) (laughs) that's, uh, that's fun. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas city. KC sports network. We'll be back right after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. This this game's going to be really interesting because I'm, I'm looking at the Ken Palm numbers here. Missouri's offense is seventh in the country, according to Ken Palm, at 116. Now their defense, on the other hand, not that high. It's 148th. And I think that's the biggest thing that I took away from this Missouri game against Illinois is 
defensively, they look like a completely other team. Like, I don't know what happened to that to that team that we had seen the first 12 games of the season, 11 games of the season, but then they showed up and played lights out defensively. If they can play like that, and I think it was the, the they were in like a 1-3-1 one, one zone and then mm-hmm. went match man and trap man zone. They were doing a lot of stuff on, on the defensive side of the ball that I liked, and I don't think that they should ever leave that 1-3-1 one, one zone just because I think it works so well for them. Um, just the personnel that they have, and I, Dennis knows obviously. Um, but uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's listening to this podcast thing. I wonder what Tucker thinks we should do. On the <laughs> side of the yeah, I'm guessing, might be. Uh, yeah, could be though. See why might be though. Yeah, see why. Shout out, but no, I, I, that's what I was really impressed with was the defense. Obviously, Kobe Brown scoring 31's eye popping, but the defensive side of the ball was was a huge factor in that game. Yeah, they, they were. Everywhere. Yeah, they, they Ronnie DeGray played really well. Went from not being able to get on the floor to 33 minutes and and just being huge for that team. And I think they're going to have to play zone against Kentucky um, because if they don't, I think Oscar Sheboy could have 30 and 20, and Kobe could have nine fouls. You know, um, I just I, I just don't think they have the personnel um, to play Kentucky. Otherwise, uh, it's I, I looked a little bit today. I mean, Kentucky. Kentucky fans want to fire Calipari, and it's the worst season ever, right? They're eight and three. They've lost to Gonzaga, maybe UCLA. I can't remember some top five team, and uh, Michigan State's their worst loss. They're thirteenth in the country in adjusted defense, twenty fifth in adjusted offense, twelfth in rebounding, like seventh in three point shooting. Like this is a good team, you know. What, I mean, what was me? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But they lost a game, so it's time to get rid of everybody. They haven't won a national title in like I don't know. I I honestly twenty twelve. It's been, but is it hasn't been that long? Well, they beat, they, they beat Kansas twenty twelve. Way too long. Yeah, unacceptable. They're a touching pin pump team too. So I mean, yeah. An interesting thing too will will be how well we match up because, like we've talked about, we play small ball, and honestly, that's why we matched up so well against Illinois. They didn't have anybody that had an answer they're, for Kobe, and Kobe's not even guards, a big guy. And the, but their their freshman guards were bad in that game. And it, it, I was talking to some of my friends that cover Illinois, and I, I think it's I can't remember Hawkin, their big guy. They're like six uh-huh. ten dude. Yeah, I said, look, I firmly believe all the stuff that says he's a good basketball player, but because tonight's the only time I've ever seen him play, like I have no proof of. It. He was mm-hmm. dreadful in that game. Yeah. You know, um, and I don't think you're going to get that kind of game out of Oscar on Wednesday. You know, it'll it'll be it. it I think like a win's not out of the question, but I think most Missouri fans would be pretty happy if they just came away going, "Hey, last four to eight minutes, like we had a shot, we were right there. It wasn't a like the biggest thing for me from the Kansas to the Illinois game, and you know the players. I mean. Golston admitted it when he was on with us last week. Like, yeah, we maybe weren't quite ready for that Kansas atmosphere. Like, yeah, it got to us a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Saturday, Thursday didn't get to them. They were a little more ready for it. So they ought to be ready right. for, you know, it's a sellout on Wednesday night, which is, um, you know, I, that's great. Um, I, I miss fun games in that arena. Getting back to it, which is exciting. Uh, also, they got a cool trophy. Um, that basket, that trophy. Oh, I yeah. see the picture of uh, Dennis just leaning on it. Like he's Dennis. I don't think is Dennis isn't a, like a small guy. That's a big trophy. 
It's oh, it's definitely yeah. a tall tree. It's, it's at least five feet tall. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Maybe. I, I, do we think that the football team knew that they got to play for a trophy? Maybe if they knew that there was a trophy involved, they would have played a little bit better. Oh, it was a box of treasure or a che- treasure chest. Who I didn't even want that. I didn't even. Was I don't even really? know what the Gasparillable trophy looks like. I've got to look it yeah, up it now. Yeah. Because it's a. Tre- it was a treasure chest. This is a trophy podcast. Um, I looked up. We looked up everything about Gasparilla on Friday because we didn't know what it was. But it was funny. We were kind of talking about things that would have made it more fun, like making. Making players wear eye patches and stuff, like make bowls fun again, you know. That would have been cool. Yeah, yeah just just one one eye patch. Give give <laughs> the linemen actual swords. Ooh. Yeah. No, it's a legit. It's like a treasure chest on like a little podium, and with it's open, and it looks like it just has like Mardi Gras beads on it, which like kind of doesn't make any sense. So they're Gasparilla. So. I don't even know why we're going to talk about this. I'm just going to make it real quick. They have a fe- <laughs> they have a festival down there in honor of this guy who was like a pirate type situation, and it was like their Mardi Gras. Like, oh, all right. Well, that does make sense. Then. We'll leave it at that. You, you can um, look it up yourself. Maybe the trophy wasn't cool enough for them to play for. Maybe that was the deal. Maybe it didn't have a cool outline of states. <laughs> that that makes a better story than them just not being good enough. <laughs> That's the narrative I'm going with. Anytime yeah. that they care about a trophy game, that they'll uh, they'll be in. But <laughs> again, SEC zero and zero in bowl games they care about. Oh man! Well, we're getting into the meat of the uh, college basketball conference schedule. We're starting to get into the meat. I should say we're beginning the main course. Uh, this is the first conference game, actually, right against Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. This schedule. I know we've talked about it before, but this schedule of just like Kentucky, Arkansas, back to back. Followed by, or preceded by Kansas, UCF, and Illinois, absolutely brutal. Um, but, but like different. at the start of that, we said two and three would be good. Yeah, that's the worst they can be now. That's true. Look at us. I mean, like they are. Who'd have thought? It, <laughs> Thursday night to me said, "Okay, you can start to talk about the tournament. Like you can start yeah. to have the tournament as your goal and count how many wins you need." And I think, I think that number is ten. I think you win yeah. ten more games, you're you're going to be in, and you're not really going to have to worry about it. Is there like a tournament magic number that you got? You know, like how you're bowl eligible if you get six wins. Is there something like that for the for the NCAA tournament that I just don't know about? Win your conference tournament, but no. uh, I know. Well, well you no, see like, teams that number. are always like fifteen and fifteen, and they're in the or fifteen and sixteen or whatever, and they're in there, so. They kind yeah, of they just do, no, they just take, Yeah, they I mean it's every conference champion and then the next 34 best teams or whatever. They just ask him Palm what's <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> no, I th- I'm excited uh for basketball. I tweeted this out after the game like when was the last time you were actually excited for for Missouri basketball during the conference season? A lot of people were responding during that uh, Michael Porter Jr. year even though Yeah. Yeah, wasn't eligible, but still good team um, during that during that run there. But that's probably the last time that I can think where I was like, oh, this basketball team is competitive and during the conference season. I think I went that year. I went to like the Auburn game or something like that. And they ended up losing, but whatever. I mean, I, I do think Missouri was a good team two years ago. The problem was that was the covid season where nobody could go. Yeah, right. You know, so that had kind of a, a weird feeling about it. The year before with Jonte wasn't terrible either i don't really remember what the record no, was that was but that was the around, michael porter year because he only Jonte only played one year because he got hurt before his second year 
Really? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Uh, he, he only, only played, played one year in Missouri, and then they went uh-huh. sub five hundred the next two seasons. Okay. Yep. And then went to the tournament, and then and he, he went to get he got did he get hurt like during the draft process or got hurt at like the end of the season or he something? He hurt himself like first in an exhibition against Southern Illinois, like six days before the start of the season. And then right. he was playing pickup during the draft process when he wasn't supposed to be and hurt himself again. Yeah, I remember thinking that he probably just should have stayed another year. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably should have. Uh... Hey, but good for him. Gotta go get that bag. Um, I think he made an NBA roster eventually, but not for yeah, like a hot minute. But I don't even know if he's still playing anymore, if he's in the G League or, or what. But um a lot of G League teams now. There's like Showcase G League, and I can't keep up with it. Um, basketball season, I'll say this on this podcast right now. I don't know if I've said this before. Basketball season, too long. Shorten that puppy up. Agreed. They tighten that I don't need. Up. I don't need Coastal Carolina and East Texas State and whoever the hell else they played for the first team. I, I don't need it at all. It Drop should start on January 1st. Yeah, because let's be honest, nobody pays attention. Like, bragging rights is the first night I pay attention to college basketball, and it's my job. Like, I'm at the games, but I don't like Missouri's non-conference teams. I never know anybody on the other team. I don't type there. Yeah, the Kansas game didn't even happen. (laughs) Right. Right. We didn't even lose by twenty-eight to Kansas. I don't even know. Zero and zero in games they care about. Missouri didn't care about that game. We got to let the guys win something, you know. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, next week we'll be back. We'll talk about this uh, Kansas, Kansas, not Kansas. Kentucky. I meant to say Kentucky game. Um, we'll talk about the Kentucky game, and I think we're I think we're just straight on basketball until. Missouri fires drink. Um, Wait, do we play OC season transfer quarterback season? Who knows what might happen? Do we play Arkansas January 2nd? Fourth. Uh, fourth. Okay. Okay. Right before. Okay. Okay. So we'll preview that game next week then. Everything's pointing to that January 7th showdown with, with Vanderbilt. That's, That's the game of the year. Also Vanderbilt. Is that at Vanderbilt? I hope it is because I hate watching basketball games at Vanderbilt. On the stage, I think it's here. Yeah, did they change their? Are they still play there? Yeah. Are you, dude, Vanderbilt's not building a new basketball arena. Are you drunk? Great point. That was a great point. They have, be- they have bigger things to worry about, like medicine, um, solving the world's problems. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Mizzou. That's who. Thank you all for listening all the way to the end. Make sure, be a friend, tell a friend about uh, the Mizzou That's Who podcast and Mizzou Athletics here on KC Sports Network um, as well. We'll all have Border War with Jared Sutton, Jeff Hawkins. They'll be talking Missouri basketball a little bit more in depth than we talk about Missouri basketball. So make sure to subscribe to the channel, leave a five-star rating and review if you do enjoy the podcast here on KC Sports Network. So until next week, we'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN, covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.